0: what is up you guys welcome back to heading for heaven podcast it has been a minute i know it's been literally so long but i hope you guys had a great holiday you had a great christmas great new year all that stuff personally for me the end of 2023 was kind of crazy schedule got so busy um so that's why i didn't get a podcast out before the end of the year but 2024 is here and i'm excited. Um, I know some of y'all probably have your resolutions, your goals, all that stuff. And I was thinking about and praying about having a episode for the first week of January kind of talking about that, but I was in my Bible and Genesis 19 stuck out to me. We're going to talk about compromise today, if you didn't already read the title of this episode, but we're talking about compromises. We're going to prevent compromising in our Christian walk, um, giving things up, sacrificing things um, that we should not be sacrificing, um, in order to pursue God in a more wholehearted way in 2024. And that can kind of go hand in hand with a resolution or a goal, right? If we have a compromise, if we make compromises, then we are putting our goal to the side. We're not prioritizing our resolution, all of that stuff. But we're going to be reading out of Genesis 19 today, if you want to follow along. So before I start reading, I want to kind of set the scene. So we're in the book of Genesis, right? We're talking about Abraham, the father of many nations. At this time, he actually hasn't had a ton of kids with his wife, Sarah, but he is living in close proximity to his nephew, Lot, right? They go out to the land. Lot chooses his section of land, which is Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abram stays behind. But Sodom and Gomorrah is kind of known as this place that is full of sin, right? It's this town that's lost and god is basically looking at this town of sodom and gomorrah and he's wanting to bring judgment on them he's wanting to destroy them because of their unrighteousness and today we're going to be talking all about lot so verse one it says two angels entered sodom in the evening as lot was sitting in sodom's gateway when lot saw them he got up to meet them he bowed with his face to the ground and said my lords turn aside to your servant's house wash your feet spend the night then you can get up early and go on your way so first of all I want to emphasize this point lot lived a life of compromise that's why we're talking about him today but he was also a righteous man and we're also going to get deeper into that later but at the end of the day lot was in a place he probably should not have been in right when abraham was giving him a choice of all the lands lot chose this one sodom and gomorrah because of how it looked right he desired with his eyes and so he picked he didn't discern with his heart But just because he was in the wrong place doesn't mean that God couldn't speak right to him. So he still recognized the holy presence, right? He knew God. He knew his presence. But he was comfortable in a place that withheld greater blessing from him. So yeah, he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. God still loved him. He still called him righteous. But I can only imagine the amount of blessing that Lot missed out on because he was comfortable living in a place of sin. And that's the thing about sin, right? We, as a Christian we still sin. Just because we give our life to Christ doesn't mean that we're perfect by by no means. But the desire to sin should be way, way less. That's called sanctification. As we get closer to God and pursue a relationship with Him and study His Word, our desire to sin will become less and less and our convictions will become greater. And as a Christian, I can still sin. I've still been given free will. But with that choice of sin, comes a sacrifice of blessings god cannot give you abundant blessings and and have you grab a hold of all of his promises if you're living in sin okay we're going to move forward i'm picking up in verse two no they said we would rather spend the night in the square but lot urged them so strongly that they followed him and went to his house he prepared a feast and baked bread for them and they ate okay the first thing i want to highlight it says he urged them so strongly first of all these holy beings already said no And he's pushing. He's like, no, 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 please. Like, please come inside my house and just stay. And to me, I feel like this can be us in a sense, right? We are just so urgent. Like, no, God, like, come here. Come here. God, come here. When we're living in a place of sin, right? Because it sounds like he has something to hide. He's like, no, come inside my house. I don't want you to explore the land. I don't want you to explore my sin. I don't want you to see all the darkness that I'm living in. Just come in here and see the good parts of what I have. And I think we can get like that, right? Maybe our good parts are saved for a Sunday morning. Maybe they're saved for a certain group of people. Maybe we only want God to see that version of ourselves. And when other people, other Christian community want to poke into our life and ask us questions about how we're living, we want to keep that a secret. We only want to keep the mask on of how we act on a Sunday morning. Now, this part gets a little crazy. And honestly, when I first read this, I literally was like, what the what? But we're going to continue. So before they went to bed, the men of of the city of Sodom, both young and old, the whole population surrounded the house. They called out to Lot and said, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Send them out to us so we can have sex with them. Like, what? I'm going to keep reading before I kind of elaborate on that. Lot went out to them at the entrance, shut the door behind him. He said, Do not do this evil, my brothers. Look, I've got two daughters who haven't been intimate with a man i'll bring them out to you and you can do whatever you want to them pause what however don't do anything to these men because they have come under the protection of my roof get out of the way they said adding this one came here as an alien but he's acting like a judge now we'll do more harm to you than to them they put pressure on lot and came up to break down the door okay there is a lot to unpack here but first of all like I said before, Sodom and Gomorrah is this terrible, sinful, wretched place. And that's exactly why God was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to destroy you because too much is going on here and I just don't like it. Which I, I agree with him. But Lot is arguing, no, don't do this evil, my brothers. Don't do this evil. But it's kind of a difficult argument to make. Like he is like living with him. Like Lot was his homie, like their homie probably. Like They did life together they live in the same town like they obviously know him they know where he lives they obviously saw that he had other men in the house with him but let's compare that to us right so if i'm a christian right and i'm in leadership or i'm serving in some capacity and i'm living in sin then it's hard for me to pour out or to give someone advice if i'm living in sin in my own way and i'm not saying that every volunteer and leader is perfect because that is far from the truth but i'm talking about living in sin just like law, if he was living in this place of sin, he was living in this town, and then all of a sudden he switches up and is like, don't do this evil, my brothers. They're probably gonna look at him like, brother, what? Like, you, we see you, we see how you act here. Like, why all of a sudden are you like changing the standard? Like, why are you changing it now? So I'm challenging you and myself, how are we living in comparison to our leading? How am I living in comparison to how I'm volunteering? How am I living in comparison to how I'm serving? And the Bible talks about that too. It talks about in the book of James chapter three, not many of you should become teachers serving in an official teaching capacity, my brothers and sisters for, you know, that we will be judged by a higher standard because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. So as a volunteer or a servant or a leader, you need to feel the weight of that. And it's not, a call to strive, it's not a call to shame yourself because you're not perfect, but there is a higher responsibility and accountability when you are leading in a capacity like that. And then further on, Lot literally is giving up his daughter, he's like, Okay, let's make a compromise. You can just have sex with my daughters, they're virgins, do whatever you want to them. And first of all, that like as messed up as that is already, the people didn't even respect that, they don't have respect for him. Because of this compromise. They were like, no, what? When you are a person of compromise, then there's no respect. It's hard to to follow someone and listen and obey someone who's compromising constantly. And you'll see later on how he's going to compromise like that again. Okay, picking up in verse ten it says, But the angels reached out, brought Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the entrance, both young and old, with blindness, so that they were unable to find the entrance. So not only were these men morally blind, but now they were physically blind. Continuing, then the angel said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, a son-in-law, sons, daughters, anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place because of the outcry against its people is so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out, spoke to his sons, who were going to marry his daughters, son-in-laws. Get up, he said. Get out of this place, for the Lord is going to destroy the city. But his son-in-laws thought he was joking. Okay, once again, because he's a man of compromise, people don't respect him. His own family didn't respect him. These neighbors, these people in his town did not respect him either. So at daybreak, the angels urged Lot on, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you'll be swept away in the punishment of the city. And this is where it gets hard and real. Verse 16 said, but he hesitated. Dude, that can be us. We can hesitate. When God has called us to do something, when he's calling us into something that's protecting us, when he's calling us into something that's better for us, we can hesitate because we love our sin. We've made an idol of our sin. We're comfortable. This is where Lot lived, right? He lived in this sin. He lived in this world. But Lot's life is a perfect example of a saved soul in a wasted life. Yes, God loved him. God saw him as a righteous man. He was... He had a saved soul, but he was not living out his life for Christ. He was not leading his family well. He was not living pure. And this lack of urgency to obey God is a common sign of compromise. If you've noticed that in yourself or in myself that I'm, if I've noticed about myself that I'm not urgent to obey God's calling and to, to really read into what he's calling me to do, then that can be a first sign of compromise in my walk too much of lot's heart was in sodom so he did not have the urgency to leave the city so i'm asking you like where is your heart like is most of your heart with god like are are you all in wholeheartedly with your walk with god or is more of your heart with your sin with maybe with your past life maybe with something you're comfortable in is more of your heart in that relationship that you're in in that friendship that you're in when you know you shouldn't be in that is too much of your heart there that you're not going to be willing to follow god's call if he calls you out of it But this is a testament to how great our God is. It continues in verse 16 after he said, but he hesitated. Because of the Lord's compassion for him, the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. They brought him out and left him outside the city. As soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, run for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountains or you will be swept away. So God saved him anyway he saw him in his moment of hesitation he knew what was best for him he knew like he knows Lot's heart and made the decision for him he Was like come on let's go we're going and in this way if God allowed Lot to be led by his feelings in that moment I don't know exactly what Lot would have done I don't know if he would have stayed I don't know if he would have talked to his wife and been like hey babe like should we just stay I have no idea and that's the that's the danger of being led by feelings right the Bible talks about that too right the heart is deceitful You can't be led by what your heart wants because I believe it's easier to act your way into a feeling versus feel your way into an action. Sometimes if you know what you gotta do, you just have to do it because the Holy Spirit told you to do it. And maybe you you won't feel like it, right? Maybe it'll make you feel sad. Maybe it'll make you feel mad. But if you know you need to do this, you know you need to take action, you should just do it because it's easier to act your way into a feeling, right? Your heart will catch up. You'll see why God wanted you to do that. God will show you and confirm that to you. Of Like, hey, like, remember when this happened? Like, this is exactly why. Versus feel your way into an action, right? If I was just led by my feelings, I would be acting and doing whatever I want, whenever I want. Even in the book of Proverbs, right? It talks about lady wisdom calling out to us, that she's always calling out to us. So we just need to be still and listen. We need to seek wisdom and ask for wisdom because wisdom says that there's something better for you and it's not always what's right in front of you. So what's in front of Lot right now is like what he sees. He sees his family. He sees his son-in-laws that were going to be left there. He sees Sodom and Gomorrah, his house, all of those things. But wisdom says there's something better for you, and it's not always what's right in front of you. Wisdom would say, hey, Lot, we got to get the heck out of here. This place is about to be destroyed. It's sinful anyway. Let's go and let's start over. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Lot had a fear of missing out, right? FOMO think all of us can struggle with FOMO in some way not everyone but a lot of us but something that someone told me once and it opened my eyes to what FOMO really is right so FOMO is fear of missing out first word fear first of all God is not a God of fear but FOMO isn't trusting in God to place the very best in front of you or give you the very best in that moment so if I know that God is good I know that he has good plans for me. I know that all things will work out for the good for me because I love him. Then FOMO is not trusting him. It's not trusting that he's going to take care of me. It's not trusting that he will give me abundant life. So in the same way, maybe Lot had some FOMO, right? He's like, no, this is my place. Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, this is, like, this is my life. And if I go and I follow these holy beings, like, where am I going to go? Like, I don't know. That's not trusting the Lord. I think Lot needed some spiritual boundaries, right? Like when you like make a decision to seriously follow the Lord, you need to protect your walk. I think we can have physical boundaries in relationships, right? Like we'll only go so far. We're not going to cross this certain line. We can have emotional boundaries with certain people in our life. But I think it's important to also have spiritual boundaries. You need to have boundaries in your life that will protect your spiritual walk. That will protect your relationship with God. Because I think we can be so quick to like read a book on boundaries. Like how am I going to not people please? How am I going to resolve conflict with this person? But like why do we not have boundaries for like our spiritual walk and our relationship with God? So in the same way, like maybe that boundary for Lot was not even moving to Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe that boundary was like, okay, as soon as I see that this is what's happening, like if I'm aware of this sin and I'm aware of the people that live here, that's moving, that's leaving, that's leading my family somewhere else. Lot was chained to people-pleasing. And I can be guilty of that. I am a people-pleaser sometimes. I can put other people's feelings above my own. I can not stand for what I want and what I believe in. Something that Lecrae, LOL, the rapper, used to say, he said, if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. Something Christine Kane says a lot on her Instagram and also in her book, it's called Don't Look Back. Um, She talks about a lot in the story and the story of how um, when they're leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, that Lot's wife turns around after the holy beings have told her not to. and She goes and she glances at the city and she turns into a pillar of salt. And Christine Kane always encourages us that you are not Lot's wife. That book is so fire. So I recommend it to everyone. It's called Don't Look Back by Christine Kane. But after reading that book and after uh, meditating on a lot of her messages that talked about looking back, that talked about compromising and not walking in the fullness of all that God had for you. I wrote a little poem and I'm going to read it out loud. I don't know. I don't really read them out loud. I don't really read them to people period, but I just feel like that's something I got to do. Um, so it's called pressing on. It says, Lord, may I not follow in the steps of Lot's wife looking back behind me instead fix on what's to come. Lord, may I not follow in the steps of Lot's wife, being curious about what could have been instead of accepting what he has already shown me. Lord, may I not follow in the steps of Lot's wife, obsessing over the feelings of the past instead of being conscious in the present. Lord, bless Lot's wife, although led by emotion. Lord, may feelings not be my idol, for that idolatry turned to salt with just one glance. May I not throw away all progress for the sake of a feeling. Lord, I press on. My eyes are fixed on you. I trust you, not my feelings. Just please, may I not follow in the footsteps of Lot's wife so I don't know what that could be for you I don't know what your Sodom and Gomorrah may be I don't know what you may be turning around and looking at what's keeping you stuck what's keeping you from moving forward but I promise you that you cannot accept and receive the fullness of what God has for you if you're chasing him turning around looking back at what has happened to you or what has happened in your life just like when you're running a race you can't run the race the best you can and the fastest you can if you're turning around the whole time because Jesus doesn't run behind you, right? When we say we're we're being led by Jesus, that we want Jesus to guide us, and that we're a follower of Jesus, that means that he goes before us. So when we're looking behind us, we're looking at the past, that's not following Jesus, that's following our feelings of the past. I know I kind of sidetracked there. This is supposed to be about compromise, but I just get so passionate about Lot's wife. It's so fire. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to pray us out. I'm going to start doing that this year, but let me pray y'all out. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, Lord God. I thank you for every listener on the other side of this episode, Lord God. I pray that you would touch them in a new way this week, Lord God, that you would make yourself known to them. Lord God, I pray that they would embrace being your kid in this season, Lord God, that we would not be a slave to compromise, Lord Jesus, but that we would walk forward with our eyes fixed on you, Lord God. We surrender the hurts of our past. We surrender what has happened to us. We surrender what we have done in the past, Lord God, and we walk in the fullness and grace that you have for us in the future, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you would remind us, Lord Jesus, that you have the very best ahead of us, Lord God, that you are a good gift giver to your children, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would trust that this week. We love you, Lord God, and we praise you, and we give you the rest of this day. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, I hope you guys have the best week ever. Bye.